And here we go. If I told you that I needed you to write, film, direct, edit, sound design, and score a movie in five weeks, every single aspect of getting a movie from conception to finished product in five weeks, do you think you could do it? And how would it turn out? <laughs> Probably horribly, just because I have zero experience, but... I would love to try. I think it would be really fun, but yeah, probably not very well. What? Why? What's the... So, I read an article this week about this low-budget, independent horror film called Dementia Part 2. Dementia Part 2. And that is the concept, that they basically took these two guys that were buddies, and they were talking about it, and they said, do you, you, know, do you think you could, in five weeks, like write, shoot, score, location, everything, in five weeks, and have a finished product? And so... They basically, the guy said, okay, I challenge accepted. And so he wrote, cast, he did everything in five weeks. And so it's a very, very short film. It is, it was done in black and white, but it has, it was done in 2018. And we're just starting to hear about it now because it's been doing the horror, horror festival circuit for the past three years. And so it's just now become available on demand. And I watched it. Uh, Friday night and uh, I just wanted to I think that you and you and I we talk so much about movies and yeah. mainstream movies and this is kind of the anti-Marvel the anti-Hollywood yeah. blockbuster type thing and it's I'll say this it's not for everybody it's a horror film uh, it's it, the way I would compare it is to me it was like if Clerks and Evil Dead 1 had a love child ah. it's shot in black and white it's it's all very much in like one or two locations so everything is very it's very tight. How long is it? 66 minutes. Okay. Yeah, very, very short. But it is, if you are into cult horror movies and you like this kind of thing, it is, it was fantastic. I really enjoyed it. And people really? are really, yeah, it's already got a really big cult legacy. So basically the premise is there's this ex-con who in order to satisfy his parole requirements and his parole officer has taken this job with this handyman company. He goes to this woman's house to start doing some handyman duties for her. And almost immediately off the bat of him getting off the ha into the house, he starts to realize that there's something off with this woman, but he doesn't really quite realize what. So over the course of the movie unfolding, he starts to realize what the story is with her husband and her daughter and the parole officer and everything else and kind of all the backstory. And it all kind of culminates in coming together to this like peak of action. And, uh, you know, it, it, it doesn't explain everything and it doesn't answer all the questions, which I really kind of like. And it's yeah. it's almost kind of like you got a sliver of what's going on in the world at this moment and this time. And there's a lot of stuff about it that was humorous and quirky and fun that I really enjoyed. So if, if you're a fan of those types of movies, I would highly recommend you check it out. There's also a really good article on Esquire about it that we'll link to that kind of prompted us to do this podcast. So I thought it was really interesting. And I, I just thought to myself, I don't know if there, you know, I, I do music on the side and things like that and if somebody said i want you to write an album to write record edit do everything do artwork for an album in five weeks i don't know that i could do that that seems to me like a much more daunting task obviously because i have no musical skills but i've always been fascinated as somebody who has zero patience in tv and film production because like you've heard kubrick would do the same shot you know, hundreds oh, of times. Drove Shelley Duvall to insanity on the yeah. set of um, The Shining. But even still, this other podcast we probably talked about by the guys from Workaholics, they're just talking about Workaholics, which is just a dumb idiot bro show on Comedy Central, talking about one scene taking, you know, five hours. It's like, it's hard for me to wrap my head, my head around being like, 
is anybody really going to care or notice or why does it take this long to do one two minute scene it's it blows me away so it's i would think that like a movie would be easier and quicker than yeah to write record do all that with the album music you have to hear things correctly and Mm -hmm. it has to be pitch you know the pitch has to be correct and just has to sound good it would seem to me a lot harder to try to do an album in five weeks than a movie so counterpoint to what you're saying kubrick is though one of the most well-known visionary artistic directors of all time i mean like you know you you, would you do you think that he would be that well known and that loved and revered and like studied and looked over if he didn't take the time to do all those things and have everything perfect like it not to say that it would be half-assing it but if he just kind of you know slogged his way through the shining and said oh that's good enough do you think that would be as loved and revered and he would be as respected as he is among cinephiles well i mean you know the shining is probably one of i wouldn't say it's one of my favorite movies but it's one that i just really uh admire just because of the shots in it and so if yeah if he was taking if he just moved the camera a tiny bit every time to whatever corner with danny rolling down the hallway or whatever but this sounds more like he just wanted actors to run lines hundreds and hundreds of times mm-hmm. what's impressive to me or is the cinematography and the shooting you know the angles and and all that of course the, their performances are amazing and maybe they're amazing because he made them do things hundreds of times but as an i guess i'm the opposite of a perfectionist in some ways where it's like all right let's get this done on to the next one so my movie would probably be terrible but well I, there's a uh, a b-movie director and his name escapes me right now but i watched a documentary about him some time ago and he was more the school of filmmaking like you're talking about he, roger he, corman probably it wasn't roger corman but it was somebody in that school of filmmaking where he literally shot a film in two weeks yeah. now he didn't script it and do everything with it but i mean he the principal shooting was two weeks and in this documentary they showed footage of him during the shoot and he would tell the actor he'd say okay get in the car and put it reverse and go down the driveway and the guy would say but i mean you want me to go th-? he's like get in the car <laughs> yeah. and put it in reverse and go and he's like well okay so what and he's like and he literally just got the point he said just get in the effing car yeah. and drive it down back it down the driveway yeah, so i kind of yeah. think that you know i would think this way i've always i've often thought it would be fun to write a movie and shoot it and I get, again like you i have no experience i've never done anything like that i mean i've made little fake trailers and stuff from time to time that were supposed to be fun and and for like different different websites and stuff different little this is and that's but i've never shot anything of real merit yeah but i think if i were going to make a movie and if i ever had like a budget where i could do it i would probably just set up four or five cameras for every shoot from different angles and run the lines three to five times just be like okay this is this scene this is this scene this is this scene and if i can't clobber together from those five different camera angles a good cut yeah a good scene that would just kind of be good enough for me but i would kind of i would not want to make you know marvel style movies no, i would want to make yeah. you know evil dead dementia part two yeah. clerks things like that the more smaller independent because i just think it would be so fun yeah. and plus the uh, the um type a in me i would want to have more control over things like i mean when you think about films that have like a b unit director where the people go out and like if there's a shot of somebody pushing their foot on the accelerator yeah. you know people like cubic don't shoot stuff like that yeah you know, I, I think it would be kind of fun to do every single aspect. Did you of it. take any movie make? They had a movie making class at UAB. This is why I'm jealous of kids nowadays. I bet it would be fascinating. The sure. even at UAB, like, but when we were there in 2004, I think I took it. I mean, we're working with like VHS tapes right. still, and but it was super fun. The funnest part to me was editing, mm-hmm. um, and so I always just love the editing part. So if I had the opportunity to take what somebody had shot and then put it all together. I think that would be really neat. Yeah. I've done editing 
stuff before just for fun and for the girls and, and like I said, like making little videos for some of the web forums I'm on and stuff like that. And that is a fun aspect of it. But it's also kind of fun to line up the shots. But, yeah. you know, I, I was shooting a video of just me going on a motorcycle ride. And the thing that was cool is, you know, there was this really cool curve and I set up the camera on a little tripod and then filmed myself going around the curve and kind of what we talked about, about um, man versus wild. You know, when you see him walking off away from the camera, he's he's out there by himself. He's got to go back and get that yeah, camera. Somebody's got to so walk. So if he walks, yeah. you know, a hundred yards, he's yeah. got to walk the hundred yards back. You and know, so up the damn camera. I, I had to I had to hit hit record on my old digital camera and then ride and then make a U turn and go back and get the camera and then check the footage and so it's it, it, but I but the thing about it is I really enjoy doing that type of stuff. Yeah. But I don't know that I would enjoy it if it were on a bigger scale. Yeah. Well, let's make us a. a Five minute, ten minute movie. See give what me happens. Ten, yeah, movie. give me ten. The movie. What would you exactly. make a movie about? Oh man, just the mundane. I don't know. In ten minutes, it's hard to come up with something huge. Uh, oh, you I mean like make a, ten, make a ten minute movie? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that would be hilarious. Yeah. Um, I don't know. We can brainstorm on that. That's a good question. But I think that would be fun. I would. I would enjoy it. Enjoy it. Enjoy it <laughs> every once a month when you come up. We could try to shoot a minute's worth of footage. Or oh, something. that would be really funny. Um, but yeah, you but, know, but would we have to? Would we do continuity, or would we just throw that out the window? Like no, every scene, I mean, like like our beards are different lengths, and like <laughs> yeah. we're wearing different t-shirts. No, I'd want it to be similar. You know, uh, but it's need to be probably a single location. I mean, we can't mm -hmm. go pretend yeah, so we're filming at the Grand Canyon. So we could green screen it. Yeah. Those always work out well. Look at Birdemic and, right. <laughs> and uh, uh, all those other horrible movies by that guy. Yeah, yeah. so um, the, the mentor part two is all kind of uh, in you know, the bottle, like as they say. I think there's maybe two locations. But it, it's really interesting, the article. They kind of talked about how they found the set and how it was going to be. And they really had to kind of scramble. I don't want to ruin. Is it more like psychological horror or gore? Man, it's, or it's, 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 it's very gory. I'll say that if you're not into, if you're not into gore, there's some gore in it. Practical gore is not easy to do. It's well, it's all practical. There's not a lot of, I don't think there was any CGI shots in it that I, that stuck out of my mind or anything, Good but for them. they just, they, it was, the, the article was really interesting. So they were, they had this location, they were set to shoot. And the day before they were supposed to start shooting, the owner of the house, they were going to shoot and called him and said, hey, they're actually going to be jackhammering the sidewalk for the next few days. Is that going to be a problem? He's like, yeah, can't do that. Oh my so they had to find another house last minute. It's just, it was it was a really good article. And okay, so the the two guys that kind of had the conversation, the one had already directed a movie called Dementia. That's why this is part two. And so, but that. this is, but it's, it is a sequel in name only. It's not really, it doesn't share any of the DNA or anything, mm. but it does reference other horror movies in it, and it's got some good Easter eggs. I mean, if you're a fan of the horror genre, I would highly recommend checking it out. If you're a fan of making movies, I would read the article and read some things about it, and then go watch the movie just so you know the background. If you just were, if you were just to see it cold, I don't know that it would that it would have the same impact on you than if you knew the story. Like if somebody recommended it to me and I watched it, I'd be like, well, that's kind of interesting. But then when you read the backstory, you think to yourself, man, this is it. It is kind of like. Like I said, like Clerks and Evil Dead together, those two stories and their legacies and how they were made. Uh, and even I would say um, El Mariachi by um, Rodriguez. Yeah. You know, th those types of Hollywood blockbuster outliers are always fascinating to me. And the other, and the other thing that's always fascinating to me is kind of... For Blair Witch? Sorry. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, anything like that. And I, I don't know another way to say them, but, but other than... And I, if, if this becomes like a phrase or is a phrase, I, I didn't know it before, but gimmick films mm -hmm. where there's something like Blair Witch Project where we shot it on a shoestring budget and faked the, you know, all the stuff or we shot it, we wrote it, scripted it, whatever in five weeks or we shot it with X amount of dollars or... The uh, uh, airplane when you showed me. 
Yeah, like um, excellence, Charlie Victor. Uh, yeah, Charlie Victor Romeo, things like that. Um, or there was I can't remember the name of it now, but there was a Bruce Campbell movie where it was one continuous shot. Oh, Lord. Like, it was shot in one shot. There were no cuts in it. Wow. So, uh, Running Time, it was called. So, uh, movies like that, those kind of gimmick movies, I always think stuff like that is really interesting yeah, when, when you hear different. about them or when they come up. Uh, you know, and another, th- and again, this is not a gimmick film, but there's an aspect to this film that I found really interesting. Have you watched Army of the Dead? Yeah, I was about to throw to that. I was going to say the exact opposite of um, Small and Shoestring is what I watched recently. Well, the, the thing about Army of the Dead, that you know the story about Tig Notaro and her part, right? Yeah. I thought that was so fascinating, and if you if I did not know that, I never would have known. People are complaining about it and saying that it would you could tell, but I couldn't tell at all. I probably would not have been able not have picked up on it. Um, so backstory: the guy Tignataro plays the uh, helicopter, helicopter pilot, and she's basically her whole part in the movie. She has uh, several lines of dialogue. She's hanging with the whole group. She's green screened in for this guy named Chris D'Elia, who they totally whitewashed out of the movie he, because he, uh, me too right yeah he was me too he was accused of um grooming young women or something which is really sick stuff but so they completely the movie was finished all his parts were finished and they completely took him out and put tig Notaro, who's a hilarious um lesbian comedian in his place and so yeah she was never on set with all these people but she kind of made the movie i mean she was like a highlight of the yeah, high point of the she movie. was probably one of the best parts of the movie yeah that's what i'm saying um, well, what did you think about, speaking of, like I said, the opposite of shoestring, did you like it? I really like Zack Snyder, but I just feel like he is a little too self-indulgent at times. The script really could have used some tightening up. The runtime was a bit long for me. Yeah. Uh, I just don't feel like a movie like that. I mean, I think maybe somewhere in the hour and a half to two hour mark. Yeah. He, he missed his calling as just like a commercial director, like mm-hmm. commercials, commercial. Mm-hmm. He, he can make a hell of a trailer. The opening sequence mm-hmm. was great. Mm-hmm. But when he gets full control, it just goes off the rails. Like I thought, it, I am a scaredy cat. I've told you that I mm-hmm. do not like horror movies most of the time. The one genre that I enjoy that I have no problems with are zombie movies. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess because it's so completely unbelievable to me, or I've, I've thought a lot about why I don't mind them, but I don't enjoy other horror. And I think it's maybe because a lot of times they're shambling and slow. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Until you get to like a twenty-eight days later, yeah, or, yeah. Or and those are a little scarier, sort of. They so. are because um, there's actually you could outrun a regular zombie, but like yeah. fast zombies, you're in trouble. Yeah, but I do not. I just don't. I guess it's because there's so little chance of it actually happening. Mm-hmm. Whereas a lot of this other stuff and supernatural is hard to totally just say that would never happen because I try to be open-minded with creepy stuff. But I enjoyed it. I, I loved it's, his Day of the Dead. Uh, was like one of my favorite zombie movies yeah. of all time. The remake of the movie. Oh, you mean Dawn of the Dead? Dawn of the Dead, I'm yeah. sorry. Well, it's really funny that he self-referenced himself <laughs> in uh, in the beginning of Army of the Dead because he used Richard Cheese mm-hmm. and uh, Lounge Against the Machine again. Yeah. And he also kind of hybridized that. It was a montage scene, but he hybridized it with the slow motion opening of Zombieland. Mm-hmm. So it was really kind of interesting. I don't know if he was consciously paying Tribute that movie or being and Dawn self- of the Dead didn't it, didn't it do a slow mo? Um, I don't know that Dawn of the Dead did a slow mo intro. I'm trying to remember if it did or not. Um, no, it didn't. I, don't I feel like it, it did, did when the dudes run out of the strip club and the strippers are chasing them, just like the showgirls are chasing the. Anyways, I I think the slow motion intro was Zombieland, and I think the 
Dawn of the Dead had the um, when the man comes around Johnny oh, Cash yeah, like news yeah. footage. Okay, of not the slow maybe I'm com- yeah, you're trying to remember. Right. Maybe I'm- but but it was the montage in the mall that had the Richard Cheese song, and it was the opening of Army of the Dead that yeah. had the um, Richard Cheese song at this time, which both were I thought it was used very very effectively. Yeah. So yeah, I thought Dave Bautista was really good too. I, I like Dave Bautista. Yeah. I mean, you know, like the next Guardians movie is going to be his last. I heard that. I read so a really good interview with him saying that uh, the makeup and being shirtless is getting to it's hard much. to do. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, he just doesn't have the, uh, I guess, the charismatic appeal of The Rock, even though it looks like he's probably taking the roles that The Rock turns down, which is fine. Well, he's but done... He's, he's not... His, he's so gruff and, mm-hmm. you know, The Rock's got that million dollar smile. I just don't see Dave Bautista ever being that guy. Well, he did... Uh, he had a couple... He's done the same thing that every action star does where you branch out and try and have the family comedy with my mm-hmm. spy. Yeah. And then you have try and have the funny buddy comedy with, um, <clears throat> what, Oh, Looper or Rupert or Rupert. Yeah. I can't remember the name. That was kind of funny though. I didn't see it. I just love the, uh, his co-star Kumal. Yeah. Kumal and Johnny. And then he kind of had a, uh, he brought a lot of stoic levity to the Blade Runner sequel. So he's, I mean, I think he's got some range, but it's going to be really hard in my opinion for him to find a vehicle that would, it's going to have to be a real specific role that would let him. Yeah. Because he's, it's it's hard not to typecast and pigeonhole a guy that's built like him and looks yeah, like him. Yeah, you know, you're, well, you, you just don't see people like that in your everyday life. Mm-hmm. Very well, you the um people like Billy Bob Thornton that are kind of these chameleons that can slip in and out yeah. of. You know, you look at um, Sling Blade and then Simple Plan. And the way that he's able to transform himself is pretty remarkable. And I don't think every actor has that. And if you're the size and height of a Dave Bautista, <laughs> yeah. um, it's going to be hard to do. Now, speaking of transformations of big bulky guys, I rewatched Copland the other day, oh, which were, you know, Fat Sylvester Stallone. Yeah. Yeah, not, not body shaming, but he gained a bunch of weight for that movie. Yeah. It's a, a very forgotten film. And I also, it's really funny to me how... When you go back and watch a movie like that, the look and feel of it, how that was just acceptable in the 90s, that it didn't look, it looked almost like a made-for-TV really? type of movie versus like the refinement and polish that we have in today's film. Was it not shot in HD? Is it that old? I don't remember. I don't know exactly what year it came out or what, whether or not it was shot in this, but I just know that when you look at the sheen of it versus the sheen yeah. of modern movies, it's just completely different. I think uh, ever my daughter has trouble watching older movies just because they're not bright and poppy, mm-hmm. and, you know. Yeah, the the owner of the um, the shop that I'm working at, he says that he really has a hard <laughs> yeah. time if it's if it doesn't look modern. Yeah, you know, and that's not just movies; that's TV shows too. Well, you're missing out on some classics, man. Yeah, I mean, like there's a lot of good stuff that came before mm-hmm. twenty, you know, two out whenever movies kind of started having that look. Yeah, so. Moral of the story, it sounds to me like you'd 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 highly recommend this five week, <laughs> yeah, I, it, no it, shoestring budget over this two hundred million dollar. I mean, it's it's apples and oranges, but I like both. Yeah. Um, I I think if you're into interesting, different out outlier type films, yeah. then and you don't mind some gore and you like horror and the the backstory is intriguing to you, I'd highly recommend checking it out. Yeah, does it have Definitely. a happy ending? I don't. I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> oh. I'm not going to say anything to you. There are. There are. Um. And I, I will say this. It is a little bit of a slow beginning, but once it gets going, it goes. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it's and, and even when it's slow, it's just there's there's parts that are humorous and awkward and gross and make <laughs> you cringe, and there's other parts that make you just turn your head because it's so awkward. And like this, I'm not going to tell you exactly what's happened. It's like this woman is just kind of. 
unraveling and all over the place. And like the actress that played her was, I mean, she's stellar. Really good. She's fantastic. That's an older lady? Older lady. Yeah. Middle-aged woman. And, um, I don't say older, I'd say middle-aged probably. Okay. Um, but I mean, it's, it's just, it's really good. I, I, I think that it, it deserves to be seen and people would enjoy it. There's a lot of good performances in it, but it, it does still kind of retain, it's, it's black and white. I don't know if I said that. Yeah. Um, so it, it does kind of retain that independent sense of things. But did you see it, um, on Shutter? Did you buy it? On, I bought it. I think it was uh, like five bucks. Like Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. I bought it on Google play. Google play. Mm-hmm. Okay. Definitely, definitely worth checking out. It's worth five bucks and, and an hour of your time. Right on. Well, there you go. Excellent. Thanks, as always, for listening. Goodbye, everyone. (laughs) Bye-bye.